0: Jack Michaels Show, Derek Hansen in studio, Jack Michaels on the road, Brad Anderson producing, and uh, along with us here, Jack, how is uh, I-29 for you today?
1: It's not bad. I was just literally sitting here thinking Derek and Brad, you know, and they started doing Red Hawks baseball in 1996, and the cell phones we had back in 1996 was not good. Uh, You know, it was good for them. Now I'm thinking, I'm sitting here driving, hands-free, connected to a same unit that we use to broadcast sports on, uh, with earbuds in, going, wow, technology is phenomenal. I-29 is good. Uh, They're moving, uh, if not homes, large structures on flatbed trucks. So it's been (laughs) a series of passing the cars that... The, the little cars with the flashing lights on that have the oh, yeah. oversized sign that says oversized load. Yes. Uh, so it's been that, and uh, yeah. And how about when's the last time you guys? Sometimes you button push FM signals when you're on a, on a on a traveling, and I was button pushing around, just trying to find a tune you know that fits. So I, I button pushed, and I found a shares believe. You know, do you believe? And yeah, so like, oh, never heard that song right. before. And I button push it. Right, right, right overplayed to the night. Oh, my god I literally hit Seek, and the next song I hear on Seek, totally different station, is uh, If I Could Turn Back Time. Oh, wow. I'm being dominated by share <laughs> today on Interstate. Inter- well, let me rephrase that. I've got a lot of share tuning in on the Seek button today.
2: Well. Th- that's better, yes. Um, I was going to say, you know, if you have, I've got you, babe. You've, <laughs> right. you've, you've got the, uh, the the Tuesday triple play right there. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the Tuesday triple play. Actually, you know what my next seek was? Tom Petty, Free Falling. And is there a better song with the sun shining and, you know, daytime than Free Falling when you're traveling, you know, four or five hours? That, that's perfect. That's I know one thing.
0: One. I walked outside and I said it is way too nice to be working inside or driving or whatever. It is like perfect today. This is one you want to bottle up. No, Absolutely. No wind, just you know, mid-70s. This is about good. Perfect. Hopefully it's like that for you down in Sioux City and, you know, pretty important baseball games here to wrap up the season this uh, last week.
1: i tell you, D, I got a little more important after Kansas City uh, picked off Winnipeg last night in game one of that series. So the Red Hawks lost a half a game uh, being idle last night you right. know? so now it's just two and a half and, and and keep in mind Sioux City is fighting for their fourth place playoff lives and you know so this it, it's funny how this tonight, tomorrow um, you know Thursday will dictate uh, you know, well it's hard to say dictate but I heard uh, you talking this morning Derek with Joel that, you know, if, if KC wins the West, it puts another few hundred miles on the old travel schedule because I doubt KC's going to want to travel back to Winnipeg, so that would put Fargo there. So it, it really is that uh, tonight, tomorrow, Thursday, I think are, are as large a game for the Red Hawks as they are for Sioux City. It's crazy how this awkward, this odd, you know, schedule and playoff structure is this year. In, intriguing, but still kind of crazy. Brad and
0: I were talking before, uh, and we'll have Dick Bramer, the television voice of the Minnesota Twins, coming up here about twelve twenty. What's even more amazing is that the Twins, after everything that's been going on, have won four straight. And they're only a game and a half behind the Guardians right now. I, that, that is crazy as well, guys. It's Just
2: amazing how that has turned around. Because I mean, yeah. it was I mean, because that was you know, because last week I put on uh, I put out on Twitter, I said pick a word to describe the Twins, and uh, I got some I got some very good. Uh, I started with feudal. And I got average, I got irritating, pathetic, um, frustrating, predictable. And I had somebody uh says goes, here's two words above five hundred, and my response was three words, not for long. And well, here I've I'm gonna eat my words for another week. So uh so again they've every. I will give the twins this. When you think they're on life support, uh they have they have pulled their way out of it. And I don't know how many times you can do that between now and then, but uh hopefully it sounds like they could get some reinforcements they've got some guys that are you know Winder and ober and and larnik and some guys so they might get some reinforcements back which could only help
1: I would uh, like my father saying uh, this too shall well not his saying it's an old parable this too shall pass so yeah. that works for both when things are going great and when they're not going so well at all and the twins seem to be perfect examples of this too shall pass hey you know what was impressive was the uh, uh, not just Urshela's hit but that bullpen uh, once again boy they they coming in and and Rocco talked about that in the open but uh, nice job yesterday with the the Twins bullpen and you just start matching up some arms and Johan is he going to hit like 110 miles an hour at one time this yeah, year I don't. could he just be firing that ball any harder right now
2: yeah so he's throwing off speeds i got i, I kind of worry as I, I hope he i hope there's not tommy john or something in his future but even his off speed stuff is hard and they just yeah, I mean, I'd like to see him be the closer, but I guess if they got Jorge Lopez, that's not a bad option in the ninth. You just, if you can, you know, it's kind of like Derek always talks about, you know, when they had Romero, the Hawk, and Eddie, yep. if you were up after six, they weren't going to lose too many. And if you got to that situation, if they're up after up after seven and those two guys are lurking, that's uh, I like their chances.
0: Well, yeah, and they had that even after they those two guys left where you had – you know Juan Rincon kind of going into Joe Nathan, Jesse and, Crane, and Jesse and... Crane, yeah, that type of thing. The seventh, eighth, and ninth guys. I, just, that's a formula that's worked so long, and you know, I just I think that's something that you have to find. I, I think there's too many analytics to, to, to say that that did not work. I mean Tony La Russa and Tom Kelly, all these guys who won championships won it that way, and I don't, I wouldn't get away from that whatsoever. A big news of the NFL today, guys, and Kevin Seifert reporting that Kellen Mund is being waived. Looks other reports saying that Sean Mannion's also being waived. I wouldn't be surprised if they try to put Mund on the practice squad, whether or not someone will pick him up or not. That's a whole different The answer there. But I guess after Nick Mullins was picked up via trade, this is not a big surprise by anyone.
1: No, I would uh, say not. And, uh, Boy, if you could just kind of look back and, and, and pick and choose, I'd love to see Easton stick as the backup for the Minnesota yeah. Vikings, but that's just me anyway. Uh, not, a, not, a, not a big one, and, and you got Mullins going on, and, and today's the day. Obviously, by 3 o'clock, you know, those rosters got to be cut down to 53. And Derek, I think heard heard you talking yesterday, maybe yesterday afternoon, about BZ Johnson. Unfortunately for this young man, you know, I know you got Doc Phil coming up later on, and if we could just remove ACL injuries just out of sports, period. Yeah. Could you imagine what that would be like, but uh, tough news for the Vikings wide out.
0: Yeah, no question. And there was, did I see that uh, there was reports that the Bucks are going to release Tyler Johnson, that, that that's a possibility? Uh, yeah, I've seen wow. that as
2: well. That uh, Boy, it wouldn't take long for him to land someplace. No. Maybe in purple that wouldn't be a bad spot. Well, especially with BZ Johnson
0: gone, I think... And not
1: that, to jump, yeah. but well, right. Sorry, guys. I'm driving over the Floyd River right now, so mm. that's uh, bear with me. And, and not to jump ship, and I know you got a lot to get to today, but as you as I'm pointing south on 29, the closer well, technically there is a, a South Sioux City, Nebraska. But I, again, doing the button pushing, uh, and I'll tell you. It looks like we. And, my- and then I'm listening to a radio. Sh- yeah, right. It's like five and. 5-21, I think, something like that in the conference. But not just that, they were, I don't know what show I was, I was button perusing, but do you realize it's been since, like, the Colt-McCoy era, since Texas has won double digits in games? They were going over colleges that are, that are just in need, you know, colleges that are in need, like powerhouse that are in need of wins over there. So I, I thought I'd throw that in. But, yeah, as I move closer to – of Nebraska, it is just, it is Scott Frost 24-7 down here, for goodness sakes.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, well, I can about imagine, and it's only going to be that way all throughout the weekend, and there's no doubt that the uh, University of North Dakota could be a coach killer this weekend. I mean, there's just no getting around it. If they upset the... Well, there's
2: certainly the potential. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't know, I think we lost Jack there again. Jack, Jack is still there. Yeah, it's a little bit of a delay oh, but uh
1: yeah it's you Still got me?
0: Yeah, I hey, got you. I was just going to ask you. I, mean, I don't think that we talked about it a little bit yesterday. I think it's just it's a case where uh, if you're University of North Dakota there's no way you can survive that. How do you go into week 3 if you're losing your first two games and you know it would be heartbreaking fashion especially at home. I mean this is really a chance where What if they
2: what if it comes down to like the final 5 minutes or something and it's 21-17 and the Huskers Beat U N D. Does that make the mood of Big Red fans any any better?
1: <laughs> I, uh, you know, Brad. I you know, since maybe if if we're gonna if you allow me to swim in just an odd hypothetical. Oh, go ahead. Uh, at twelve thirteen on a Tuesday. Okay, <laughs> Tuesday afternoon. This would be like maybe that the hypothetical. would be what would be the the greatest way to end it. Wouldn't it be odd if, like, UND scored with uh, three minutes to go to pull within two and then performed an onside kick, recovered it, and kicked a field goal to win the game with time expiring, where an onside kick uh, actually goes in favor of the opposition against the – of course, everybody's gotten out fast for that onside kick with good reason uh, against Northwestern. Wouldn't that be an odd – Interesting uh, thing. Anyway, since we're swimming in hypotheticals, where an onside kick would work against them Yeah, yeah. Uh, in this game. But whichever way you slice it. That would be it, a lot of salt in the water. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that would be, be like, uh, that That would he'd be done before they walked off the field. But I asked Bubba last night, you know, how do you stay in it? I used a baseball analogy. You know, we asked starting pitchers tonight. The Red Hawks are going to ask Tyler Grower to, you know, keep him in the game. Pitch of the week, by the way, and same thing I asked Bubba yesterday on the, on the coaches show is is how do, you, how do you stay in the game? You know, how, how are you winning it to win it? You know, how are you winning it late? And it's not a secret, and it's ball control and uh, no stupid penalties. And those uh, those those, penalties, those offside or the uh, false starts, you know, ball control, stay away from that, and prevent big plays. You know, those three things I think we could roll out whether, Brad, you're doing a, a North Dakota State College of Science game mm-hmm. or whatever, if you uh, diminish the, the, the penalties that cost you those ones and, uh, you know, hold out of the ball and then, you know, prevent big plays, that would be a pretty good place to start.
2: You, you mentioned Texas earlier. They were mentioning it on your, uh, in your radio, random radio listening. Now, let's go back to from 2010 until last year. Um, Mac Brown's last 4 years from 2010 to 13 5 and 7 8 and 5 9 and 4 8 and 5 Wow okay 3 years of Charlie Strong 14 15 16 6 and 7 5 and 7 5 and 7 <laughs> yikes Tom Herman cuz Tom Herman went from <laughs> Houston, <laughs> <was> Houston <laughs> right Yep water. yep Okay, so Tom Herman, 17 to 20. 7 and 6, 10 and 4. They won the Sugar Bowl. That wasn't bad. That was an 18. 8 and 5 and 19, 7 and 3 and 20, and then Steve Sarkisian, 5 and uh, 7 a year ago. Man.
0: So what we're really oh. talking about here is, oh, that's, you know, uh, that's... the equivalency of Nebraska and Texas always looking better. We talked about the curse of Frank Solich. Now you're looking at Texas, and these are two programs who are, it's just, it's laughable what's happened to them. Yeah, it's very true.
1: Massive programs. And of course, it's, you know, and it's not like, yeah. You know, and then now now Derek and Brad explain to me how much easier they're going to have it in their next conference.
0: <laughs> well, that's just it. I mean, imagine that the Longhorns are going, hey, they're most likely to be in the same division as the Mississippi schools, okay. Yep. The Alabama schools, right? Sure. And, you know, I, I guess, what are they going to de- do, I mean, as far as... Are they going to move Tennessee now over to the east and, and Missouri over to the east now, would you think? Or how are they going to do that? I, I don't know. I don't know how Missouri fits in the east. Well, no. they. Or, what? I mean, should, the west. They're in the east now. Yeah, so, okay. So they, yeah, they got to like, put them in the west, I should they say. They should be, yeah. That makes more sense. Yeah, they're going to do a whole bunch of... Uh, yeah, they got to do some shuffling. Reconfiguration here because, you know, they have the Texas schools. I have to look at the map. I'm sure they got to figure it out some way. But I don't think they're done either, right? I mean, so you're going to talk – because we all believe that the SEC and Big Ten are going to be 20 teams each, right? Somehow? At someway.
2: some point. I, 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 at what point – or how long or at what point do you think that happens? Five years, ten years? Yeah, we well, think so. I would think so.
0: Because I think the Big Ten is going to go after Oregon, Washington, maybe one of the Arizona schools and.
2: Notre Dame's the interesting thing here, I think. Well, yeah, they're well, yeah, they're the. Uh, to me, I guess if they got to land somewhere, I, I I always think Big Ten, but I just think they could pre- just
0: go to the ACC and own that too.
2: I, but that, I guess that would be easier, I think, than because uh, I think Big Ten could cause, I don't know, I, I could see there being a lot of consternation among the schools about letting them in.
1: Well, it's a good thing, boys, that uh, football's not important in Texas. <laughs>
0: well that's just it uh, that's a uh, very that's interesting. just a whole hum <laughs> thing in Texas right yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. Jack, we're gonna no, get bad, Dick Bramer bad, on bad here bad but uh, not very yeah funny. so you and uh the uh, the the Redhawks on their way down to take on the mighty Mongos and the Sioux uh, city explorers. so should be a good one tonight.
1: Yep, that's right, the And uh, pregame at 645, first pitch at 705. Todd Grauer, again, the uh, reigning pitcher of the year in the American – or <laughs> pitcher of the year. Well, got ahead of myself. Pitch of the week in the, yeah. uh, the American Association going tonight. So looking forward to it here in uh, Sioux City. And to the weather, it's gorgeous. 80 and change, you know, gorgeous day today in Sioux City, Iowa.
0: Yeah, well, it should be a good one. Looking forward to tonight. Every game is so important. And uh, we will talk to you again very soon, my friend. Catch you tonight on the Airwaves.
1: All right, boys. Uh, Good to talk to you. We'll talk to you soon. All
0: right. right, Sounds good. Jack Jack Michaels, voice of the Red Hawks on the Jack Michaels Show. Again, on the air tonight here on 740 The Fan, we got Twins Baseball over on KFGO. Speaking of the Twins, Brad and I will be talking with Dick Bramer. The Twins Wrap brought to you by Jefferson Lions coming up here on 740 The Fan, the Jack Michaels Show.
3: I'm not surprised by that, but it's, I mean, on a lot of these shows, the questions are just like, what? What do you like? Are you dumb? Bumper to Bumper with Dan Barrero, weekdays 3 to 6.30 p.m. on 740 The Fan and 740TheFan.com.
0: Well, time now for the Twins Rap, brought to you by Jefferson Lions, Derek Hansen, Brad Anderson, along with the television voice of the Minnesota Twins, Dick Bramer. And Dick, it's always nice to talk to you after a four-game winning streak, which was uh, quite different from when we talked to you last week.
3: Yeah, and the last time the Twins had a four-game winning streak, it was the last homestand, and then they lost the next six. So we don't want that to happen again. I don't think it will. I think this team, and I've been saying it for weeks, if not months, that this team is capable of putting together a nice long winning streak, and maybe we're we're at the beginning stages of one here. We'll see. They've got two more with Boston. The Red Sox didn't look particularly good last night. They've had a hugely disappointing season. And then the Twins go to take on the White Sox and whatever form the White Sox are going to be in because that's uh, they've had uh, a disappointing year like the Red Sox have as well.
0: It feels a little bit like 2019 all over again, right, where they have these key games coming up in September and they have so many games against Cleveland. If it is deja vu all over again for that, I'll be happy, obviously, because it turned out well at the end of the regular season. But it reminds me a lot of that, and obviously the atmosphere at Target Field kind of felt like that too.
3: Yeah, 35 games left, and of course we know last year was a disappointing year. The Twins won the division in the shortened year of 2020, but there were no fans in the stands. It was a you know very odd year to say the least. So yeah, this feels like it's a, a division race, secondarily a wild card race that the Twins are in. And so um, yeah, it's nice for the fan base to be reintroduced to meaningful baseball in late August and September.
2: Looking at it, Dick, it's interesting where I seem like early in the year and a good portion of the year the Twins were very reliant on the home run for to get runs, like the percentage of runs on home runs. Really in this four game winning streak there it's it's really not been the case. They've kind of been you know it's been a lot of big extra base hits or uh, had one and uh, you think of what Jake Cave did this weekend as well. It just seems like they not that they had to reinvent themselves offensively, but it's certainly been a different look and it's in, it's been an effective look.
3: yeah, and the the teams though, I think a lot of twins fans have admired uh in in their play against the twins like Houston and the Dodgers using the whole field. Uh, not trying to pull pitches that should never be uh, pulled in the first place. And the Urshela at bat was really a good example of that. It was a breaking ball off the plate. And he just, you know, with two strikes, did what we were all taught to do when we were little kids, right? He got two strikes. Don't strike out. Do whatever you can. Don't strike out. Put the ball in play. Something good might happen. And voila, he got a three-run double last night with that attitude. So it is encouraging. Uh, and to me, it's a much more fun uh, way to, you know, watch baseball when the focus is on, you know, base running, not striking out instead of, you know, pretending uh, every pitch is a slow pitch softball pitch and trying to just hammer it as far as you can. Uh, we've seen that across baseball, you know, home runs are down and run scoring is down. So uh, the way that the twins have won these four games is I, I think, appealing to the eye.
0: I think what's also really refreshing is how the bullpen is kind of balanced out a little bit. I mean, field bar, that was huge last time. I mean, that's that's one thing to say. We've talked about it for weeks now. If they can get everyone in a role, I think they can win some games. That certainly has been the case the last four games.
3: Yeah, and I think if you're Derek Falvey and Thad Levine, you've got to be gratified that you know you identified what the problem was uh, leading up to the trade deadline. They did what they could to address it, and the results have been uh, you know, pretty remarkable. They've got bullpen arms down there now, like Lopez, uh, you know, Fulmer even. Uh, and some of these guys now, like Ober and Winder, you know, they say, well, they may be able to help uh, pitching out of the bullpen. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, how they're squeezed back into the active roster because the bullpen is is not set. But it's a certainly a lot more stable situation out there, if not predictable, than it was uh, a month or so ago. So as these guys, and now the Twins decided Kenta Maeda would not be pitching this year. I think in part because they don't have the need that they had uh, a month ago.
2: I think the other thing too is the fact that uh, you've got a lot of guys, and we got an update uh, that you know Maeda won't probably be back, but there might be a few guys that might be, and they might get some reinforcements uh maybe in the rotation just in the pitching staff and maybe uh perhaps Ryan Jefferson Trevor Larnick.
3: And you've got to remember fans have to remember that the rules are different now and uh uh by the end of this week on September 1st uh teams can expand their rosters but only from 26 to 28. It used to be you could uh hey Kentomiata you want to pitch sure we'll put you on the roster and we'll find a few innings for you here or there. That's not the case anymore. So there will be uh, one pitcher or one more pitcher available on a 28-man roster. The limit will be 14. And, you know, who that pitcher is, and if it's more than one, who are you going to take out of the bullpen right now? Uh, it's it's nice, I think, to have uh, a second lefty out there as good as Thielbar uh, has been. be nice to have a little help for him. Moran is the other lefty now. They're carrying three catchers. I don't know that that's going to be the case uh, when the roster is going to expand. So it'll be interesting to see how certainly the twins handle it, but uh, the other teams as well, because it's it's not an open ended Well, we can uh, fill out everybody on the 40 man r- roster. Come on up uh, a few years ago. Cleveland had 39 players in their clubhouse in September, uh, but that's not the case anymore. So we'll see how the twins react and, and who actually gets called up. I, one name that I think is kind of intriguing is Billy Hamilton who they signed to a minor league deal they've assigned him now to St. Paul so he literally will be a you know 10 minute Uber ride from the major league clubhouse when he gets to St. Paul.
0: Yeah, do you like the rule change? I mean I I'm guess I'm kind of mixed on it cuz it was kind of fun to see guys you know, get an opportunity. I think go back to the days like Michael Restovich, you know, who got to, you know, party in after winning a division title growing up in Rochester, how happy he was. It's, you know, you kind of get some of these guys to fulfill the dream and get a taste of it a little bit, but I can understand how it can be a little bit unfair if you have a really deep minor league system too.
3: Right. And I just, from a broadcaster standpoint, it's a lot simpler uh, to fill out your lineup card while not having to write down 39 names. So, uh, you know, it, 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 it's nice having a limit on the pitchers because you know 20 pitchers is is a ridiculous number uh, to have eligible for a game you've got the three batter minimum so that helps limit the number of pitching changes but just adding one more pitcher uh that's probably enough to to help the teams uh, that are in contention uh it doesn't need to be the same pitcher either i mean you can you know send a player back and forth as the twins did with Smeltzer yesterday so yeah, I, I do like the the rule because I think it. it uh, frankly, the roster expansion probably was abused by some of the teams and, uh, and managers in in years past.
2: Uh, this coming uh, weekend, you mentioned the White Sox, and uh, yeah, you talk about uh, a, a team. You know, the Twins have had their moments. It seems like the White Sox have had more yeah. moments, and uh, and it, it'll. I, I to me, that series. Could one way or another kind of lead you into the to the four games in New York? If you can at least get two out of three, at least good start to the road trip, and maybe uh, salvage one or two in New York. But I think that you know that weekend series does mean a lot.
3: Yeah, and it'll be uh, billed as a you know make or break series for the White Sox. But that's how they were billing that series in early July in Chicago too, and the Twins won that series. It's uh, it's reflective of how flat the White Sox have played this year. They were oh, just over a week ago. They were four games above five hundred and looked like they were ready to go. The much anticipated and talked about run that they would be on, and then they lost what, six in a row, they're back below five hundred and they've they've got swept by Arizona at home. So uh it's always fun when the White Sox and Twins play each other, but you know, it's as important as it is for the twins It might be, as you say, kind of a do-or-die series uh, for the White Sox. And then, you know, the Yankees haven't been playing well either. And their lead in the division is down to, what, seven games, I believe, over uh, Toronto. So suddenly that race that was a foregone conclusion, the outcome, uh, suddenly that race is starting to look a little uh, intriguing again over in the East.
0: Yeah, the Yankees are an interesting story with that. And, of course, Aaron Judge, as you can imagine, around here in Fargo, we're wondering if the as we like to call it, the real home run record, will be broken. But that's right. that's an interesting watch here come September, too, which really could be good for baseball.
3: And Judge is about the only one on that team who's hitting. Uh, who would have thought that lineup uh, is, you know, good as it is and as good as it was earlier this year, that they would struggle uh, hitting and scoring runs. So they've gone through a little bit of what the Twins have gone through. It's just the Twins. Kind of hit a malaise around Memorial Day and, and haven't really been able to play good baseball for any you know extended length of time at all. Well, the Yankees have gone through that now too. They're out in Anaheim. I watched the end of their game last night. The Angels uh, beat them last night. So yeah, it's it, they're two enigmatic teams on the schedule for the Twins on this next road trip. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how the Twins uh, can handle that.
0: And when you look at, you know, just all those games against Cleveland, I mean, that's it's nice to have that type of what's almost going to be a playoff atmosphere in both buildings. I mean, that if you can't look forward to that in September, you're just not a baseball fan.
3: Well, that's that's why, you know, we uh, you hope your team is contending, right? And the Twins are just a game and a half behind Cleveland and those games. Uh, you're right, the series here and the series in Cleveland, which is going to be five games. Uh, critically, critically important. It should be fascinating to watch. I'm really looking forward to being you know, a small part uh, of those games because that's why we are baseball fans. That's why we get so excited for opening day, the hope that by Labor Day the games are really, really important and they will be this year for Twins fans.
2: What's your take on the uh, the schedule for next year with the, uh, with the changes? Not so many games within the, the division. Everybody's going to play everybody at least one time.
3: Yeah, I, I do like it. I, I'm willing to change my mind, of course. But on the surface, I like the concept uh, because, you know, the Giants had never played at Target Field before they came here uh, for the weekend uh, series. Well, next year they're coming again, and they will every other year. Under the new format, and I like that because you know there were a lot of Giants fans. I I don't quite understand why, but there were a lot of uh, Giants uh, T-shirts and jerseys and caps and all that uh, at the ballpark over the weekend. Uh, And you know, if you're a Giants fan and you live anywhere around here, uh, good for you. You get a chance to see your team, and that that'll be true for Twins fans in the Cincinnati area because we'll be going to Cincinnati every other year. So, I like it. Uh, we'll see how it plays out, of course. But uh, I think it's going to be good for the fans. And anything that's good for the fans, uh, I'm in favor of. You know, it's, uh, I,
0: I like the fact that you brought that up because, and you're seeing the NFL all the time, people are traveling more and more, or people are transplanted more and more and still being loyal. And are you seeing that more when you're on the road now that you're actually on the road again with the Twins?
3: Yeah, I uh well the last time we were in Miami there were a lot of Twins fans uh, at the ballpark there. Uh some traveled a long way to get there, but uh yeah, I mean, you know, in this day and age if you want to listen to your team anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world, you can listen to the radio broadcast. If you want to watch the telecast that your team is playing in anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world. We've got a loyal fan that, Keeps somewhat regular contact uh, with me from England. He's a big Twins fan. So it kind of completes the puzzle. So then in this country, if you live in Miami and you're a Twins fan, for whatever reason, a transplanted Minnesotan, maybe you just like the logo or you like Byron Buxton, you'll be able to see your team play every other year. So uh, in a sense, the schedule is catching up. Uh, with the technology that allows Twins fans around the country to follow their team, well, now pretty much anywhere that there's Major League Baseball being played, uh, if not one year, the next year you'll be able to see your team play.
0: Yeah, it's 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 chi- times have changed. That is for sure. You do not have to rely on the big fifty thousand watt nighttime radio station anymore. It is a really different, and, and I think it, that's got to be pretty flattering to hear that people are watching you all over the world. That's crazy.
3: Well, but I mean, I know when I was a kid and we had to rely on – when we lived in Missouri, we had to rely on the 50,000-watt stations of the – this is in central Missouri. You might be able to get uh, WCCO, but back then, WHO out of Des Moines uh, carried Twins games, too. So I was able to regularly listen to Twins games down in central Missouri. Well, now, you know, you don't have to rely on the radio stations anymore – but uh, thank, uh, thankfully, satellite radio, satellite TV, and uh, the schedule, too, will make it a, easier to be uh, you know, a fan of a team in a, in a remote part of the country.
0: I remember the first time I showed my grandma, you know, you guys on my phone, she thought it was an episode of Buck Rogers or something. She didn't even think it was real. It's a <laughs> totally different animal. That's for sure. Uh, one last thing for you, our good friend Paul, who calls quite a bit. I give him a worked, uh, ride to work at Callers as well. He's a little bummed. It's beautiful out. He can't work this week. He uh, tested positive. He's got a little stuffy nose, but he just wanted me to let you know he'll be watching. And I think for people who, unfortunately, who have to go through that, I know that you, you and I have talked many times how important Twins baseball is for people like that.
3: Well, yeah. And so I'm, you know, it's fun for me. It's certainly more fun for me than it was last year, but I'm just delighted for the fan base because, you know, we've all endured an awful lot in recent years and the the pandemic part of it, a really bad baseball season last year on top of it. This is fun. This is going to be fun. And who knows, you know, one of these years it's going to happen. The twins are going to get to the playoffs and make a deep playoff run. So maybe the fun is is just starting.
0: You bet. Enjoy the call tonight, and hopefully by the time we talk to you next Tuesday, we're uh, talking about the Twins back in first place.
3: That sounds good, Derek. I bet.
0: You bet. Uh, Dick Bramer with us again, the uh, television voice of the Minnesota Twins, brought to you by Jefferson Lines. Derek Hansen, Brad Anderson with you. Dr. Phil, a day later, he was a little busy yesterday, he'll join us in just a bit, here on the Jack Michaels Show on 740 The Fan. Welcome back to the Jack Michael Show. Derek Hansen, and Brad Anderson with you. i are hoping to hear from Dr. Phil Johnson just a bit. And uh, a couple of news items. Right before we got in the air here, Brad, and we don't want to say this and get the cart before the horse, but there's reports out in Kevin Seifert and a lot of these guys who follow the Vikings are mentioning that... Uh, one of the tight ends that they really thought was promising did get released. And mm-hmm. right away, PA said, the voice of the Vikings, so well, that's good news for Ben Elphison. We're hoping, you know, the yes, Holly native. Exactly. That, I mean, you just don't know for sure. And that is uh, good news. Brendan Zilster, unfortunately, he did get released, it yes, looks like. I'm
2: uh, just seeing a report here. Uh, let's see. Joe Person, he... Uh Covers the Carolina Panthers says Panthers wide receiver special teams ace Brandon Zilstra has been cut per hmm. league source. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So you had a pretty good two Minnesotans that are pretty good
0: that are out there right now. Tyler Johnson reportedly being cut by the Buccaneers, which shocks me because Tom Brady liked throwing to him his rookie year right. a lot. Yeah, won a Super Bowl his first year in the league along with the, with the Antoine Winfield Jr. So that that's a little surprising. That's uh, uh, I, I was I was really shocked by that one. I I I'm wrong. He did not win it right away, but uh Winfield did, but he had a couple of gophers there, so that surprised me a little bit. And is the thing with B Z Johnson going down, is that a possibility that you could have another story like that with Tyler Jansen and uh, Johnson coming home? So so hopefully that does uh, work out. But it it is uh it's interesting, you know, with there's so many it's just a feeding frenzy now when he 'cause they used to do like slow cutdowns. Right now they go from like eighty three to fifty three. Why do they do that? I don't know, <laughs> but it
2: really it it really puts a lot of. Is it just because of the fact there's just the three preseason games and they that one thing they change that?
0: Yeah, I that possibly could be. I'm not I'm not sure. Yeah, seems like... I would like to see you know that's maybe why the XFL or the USFL should maybe have their season take a little break during the three preseason games and then start a little bit to finish out. Yeah. Just because then a lot of those guys could. I mean, they almost need like a minor league football season just to have these guys on because there's going to be a lot of injuries in September. And so these guys are sitting by their cell phones the first three weeks of the exactly, year. Exactly, right. That happens a lot.
2: All right, to the phones, we have Bud on the line. Hello, Bud.
4: Hello. And, Derek, you're good at this bracketing. How do you see this this mess in college football down straight now? Do you think it'll ever go back to just larger conferences but more regional or it'll still get try to be spread out all over the country?
0: I think the ACC, the Big Ten, and the uh, SEC will more or less try to grab as much as they can from the big. You know, they'll have like sixty teams. All those conferences will have twenty each, and then we'll go from there. And I think then all the other schools are going to be looking. I think then I think the top of the FCS and the the rest of the conferences will try to figure out their own type of tournament. Because I think the college football playoff is pretty much going to be set. I think they'll have an eight team tournament, and I think the question now is bowl games. Because let's face it, there's been a lot of people, myself included, like the tradition of the bowl games. But USC and UCLA leaving for the Big Ten, I'm sorry that you know the years that the that the Rose Bowl is not involved in the uh, the, the semifinal, and they try to make it be a Big Ten Pac-12 matchup. If USC wins the Big Ten and they're facing Oregon for the Rose Bowl, it's just not the same. I I, I just think that tradition, as much as I'm going to hate to see it go, is going to get blown up. Bud, you there?
4: Yeah, I, I'm listening. Yeah, I, and I, so – I remember your bracket for, for yeah. the bowl games and how you really kind of hit that on the head on how it could work out. and I just It just seems like they don't have any real good compass right now or direction to go, and it, it's a mess, it looks like.
0: Yeah, it's – well, what it is is, to me, it goes back to the NCAA and the and the powers that be. They did not – there's so much going on in college sports, whether it be transfer portals, whether it be name, image, and likeness. They needed to get a grasp of this when they went away from the CFA where you can only be on TV so many times. And, and then it just became a free-for-all. The TV money got too big. It went from a million-dollar business to a billion-dollar business. And and I just think that they they – didn't want to do anything about it. They wanted to treat it like it was still the 1980 Olympics style of amateurs, and it just, it was getting too big for its britches. But, but thanks a lot for your phone call. I do okay, appreciate okay. it. I just, yep. I think that you'll, and I think this, I think college football is going to just break away and become its own entity. I I, I really do. I don't think there will be a part of the NCAA. It's just going to be... Yep,
2: it, it's just a question of when. Yeah, exactly. All right, Dr. Uh, Dr. Phil Johnson joins yes. us a day late. Doc Phil, good to have you on.
4: Hey, so... I like to put this college football in perspective. This is like the live tour invading the PGA. That's yeah. what's going to happen.
2: Yeah.
4: You're going to get so much money. And and I think the dirty little secret is how much money the NCAA really does make every year with all the bowl games. And then they don't, they don't really have to bring that out and disclose that. And a lot of these schools and conferences have figured that out. And they're going, you know what? We can kind of do it without. They're just lining up their ships to uh, pull them into the fort and say, hey, we're going to do our own thing. And we've got all the major colleges, and you can see that. I mean, the SEC is expanding, the Big Ten, obviously, is expanding. Um, that's where I think this is all going to go. Um, and and I don't really blame USC or UCLA, you know, for trying to, to make it better in their programs to get more money, because there's a lot of money out there. Uh, maybe the way they did it isn't quite as good, but but i think what they're trying to do is is be financially responsible and saying hey we have a better offer here can you guys match it and the pac12 said well no so they said well we'll see it yeah. and and i think the pac12 is going to be really hurt by that because those are big powerful schools that you know carry a lot of weight and now they're uh, they're in the big 10 and, and quite frankly a lot of the big 10 schools were going out to the west coast to play games every year anyway so it isn't a big difference um, but now they're all under the same roof. And, and I, I think it's just going to be one big superpower conference eventually, um, and then there will be all the other things that happen with FCS and Division two and Division three, and that will be probably with the NCAA. But, um, yeah, I think the writing's on the wall. These big major conferences and big major schools are saying, hey, enough with you. Um, we're going to do our own thing. See you later.
0: Well, here's what happens is there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen and not one leader and I think in some cases <laughs> you you need i think when it comes down to it, you need a strong Czar almost in sports. I mean people don't like Roger Goodell, they don't you know they'll boo Gary Bettman. they'll you know Rob Manfred's a mess at Major League Baseball. I want to put him in that category, but you know Major League Baseball almost pushes against a strong commissioner, but you know what I'm getting that and there's nothing yep. there's we got hundreds of college presidents trying to figure this out, and that's why it's going this direction. And if college football, the big college football conferences say, hey, we're breaking away from the NCAA, then you might actually see the regional conferences come back and then football does yeah. their own thing. I, 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 because yeah. I think there's no way, it doesn't seem feasible for USC and USCLA to have basketball games taking buses from Minneapolis to Madison in January. I mean, I don't know how that's going to work out for recruiting. Imagine trying to recruit a kid in Southern California to make that road trip. No, thank you. Swimming and diving, yeah, there, track there, and field?
4: You, you know those schools. They all have their own private little jets. I mean, most of those, I mean, all you need is one that's got, you know, room for like 30 people. They 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 have that all figured out. Heck, Wisconsin Hockey does that. And yeah. and how they do that is they put all their equipment on a truck and they drive it up two days earlier, and then they fly them out on those little little jets. So they've figured out that process. I don't think that's going to be a big issue. What What I think you point to a very important point is that, Somebody has to be the leader in all of these things, get the college presidents to buy in and let him do what he needs to do to make it work and administrate it. Um, And and I think it'll go. You know, the big 10 commissioner, you can say what you want about him, but he's been pretty good so far. And I like the fact that he opened the season with kind of a college conference game right off the bat. That was kind of interesting. Uh, We haven't seen that in an awful long time. Um, so, I mean, I think obviously there's going to be things to sort out, but I think all in the end, it's it's all about money. And wherever they can get the most money, that's the that's the avenue that they're going to go. It's just like Live Golf. Those guys soon, I think, will just will have a PGA as a lesser-run organization. And if Live Golf can continue to fund it the way that it does, it'll attract all the good players, and all that big money will be right there.
0: Well, and I think, you know, to your point, I think uh... – Kevin Warren had a little rocky start because, you know, he had this pandemic he yep. had to deal with, and that was kind of, I think, you know, I think he tried to cancel the season and postpone until the spring, and everyone was to come with them. and the SEC said, no, we're going to play, and <laughs> it just totally blew up in his face. <laughs> well,
4: and then remember, and then remember his son was playing for somebody in the SEC, and they said, well, how
0: does that work? Yeah, well, no, that was quite a mess, but no, I think he obviously is aggressive because no, I didn't see this one yep. coming, that is for sure. Um, getting well, to. In,
4: in- here's the other thing that i think too is that if, if that does happen and you get the fcs kind of broken down i think that would be very good for the fcs it'll make it more regional and and like i've said all along even when ndsu had that burn their butt to get out to be division one wait a little bit and take the whole ncc with you because you're going to make it so much easier on your travel costs and all of your administrative costs you know because now they're kind of scattered throughout the whole upper midwest and it you know the travel is very expensive and, and that that does impact the budget significantly but think of all those other dollars you could use for scholarships and everything else if you're not that you're not doing for 120 grand to charter a flight down to southern illinois um you know it, it it i think it will come to the point where let's restore the ncc let's let again let's make it more of a bus league make it more profitable and and more cost effective and i think that's going to happen
0: we shall see it's going to be interesting, I think the bottom part of the FBS is going to merge with the top of the f c s for sure uh, before we let you yeah. go here, I mean a lot of uh this time of year we get right before football season bZ Johnson ACL you know we get we hear those things again it's it's unfortunately ACL type of season, isn't it
4: it is, but you know what's more important, especially this weekend when it's going to be so hot, dehydration, muscle yeah. cramps uh heat stroke now. Tomorrow is the day that you want to start hydrating when your game's on Friday. You want to push the fluids a lot, especially on these kids, uh, and the combination of sport drinks and just water, because you can't catch up at the time of the game when you're really profusely sweating, and you're going to sweat a lot because they're projecting upper 90s, you know, by Thursdays and Fridays. So even though some of those games are at night, uh, you're really going to be sweating a lot. So kids need to take notice, and trainers are on it, I'm sure, that you really got to hydrate tomorrow Thursday and uh, and a lot on game day so to minimize some of those uh, effects from dehydration.
0: Yeah, well, we always talk about the pickle juice game uh, how many years ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with,
4: exactly. With the uh... Well, and there's there's another product out too that's called Cramp Aid, and it works really well. I personally used it. And it was developed by a professor up at UND and uh, it's got you know appropriate amount of electrolytes but you know if you're if you're doing a sport drink and you're doing uh, water during the game, you're going to probably be just fine, but there's going to be some cramping, and and usually that's because they just weren't staying ahead with the electrolytes and the, and the water balance solution. So uh key word is hydrate. Hydrate, yeah. folks, because now is the time.
0: Yeah, every level of football. How do people reach you again, Phil?
4: Well, they can either uh, scoot down South University Drive to the University Medical Center, which is where we're at, Give us a shout on the phone at 701-478-0307, or look us up at, on the line online at orthosportnetfargo.com at
0: All right, Dr. Phil, talk to you again next Monday or Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, have a good week. Yeah, This is the Jack Michael Show. Brad Anderson, Derek Hansen with you. Coming, man, on the way.